With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What is up, Stickies? Welcome to Stick to Football Live. If you're watching in the Bleacher Report app, and you better be. If you're not, hopefully you're enjoying the podcast version wherever you get your shows. Today, we're going to break down the NFC North Draft classes and there is some controversy there with the Green Bay Packers obviously we're gonna have some fun with it Matt Mello and Connor Rogers do not forget you can leave your draft on draft comments right here in the Bleach Report app just typey type type right there in the comment section Mello hit that little fire button if you like it Connor and we will answer some of your questions at the end of today's lovely lovely program I'm excited to get into the NFC North because All these teams trying to catch my San Francisco 49ers. Don't think any of them can do it. Spoiler alert. But it's going to be fun. And these are some really good fan bases. I'm eager but also nervous to talk about how they did in the draft. And one of the more improved divisions as a whole, guys, when we look at this, not across the board, but I'm looking at two teams in this division that really came out on top in this draft. Yeah, let's start with maybe a team that didn't come out on top. I don't know if you guys love their draft. I did not. And yes, that was a pun. I get points for that. The Green Bay Packers. They won this division last year only to get smacked right in the teeth twice by the San Francisco 49ers. Once in the NFC Championship game. Yes, I'm taking all I can get. They trade up to select Jordan Love in round one. Mello, your grade and your thoughts on the Cheeseheads. Man, I'm giving this thing two Fs. I, I don't think one F will suffice. When you look at the Green Bay Packers and their draft class, I don't hate the players that they took, but what are you doing? You went 13-3 and last year. You should be trying to make a push for the Super Bowl. You have a very small window here with Aaron Rodgers. Probably has three, four years left, uh, or so we thought, before the Jordan Love pick. But you have an opportunity to push this team forward and make some splash plays. Instead, you're trying to rebuild an offense that was already pretty damn good. You have a historic receiver draft class. And you didn't take any of them. I felt like the biggest need on this Green Bay Packers team was a receiver. And they had a couple really good options there in the first round and again in the second. Instead, you take a quarterback who's going to sit on your bench probably for three years. For a minute. You take a running back who's not even going to be your number one running back. And then you take a fullback. Like I love fullbacks, but what the hell is going on in Green Bay? I feel really bad for the fan base. I feel bad for the players in the locker room. I think your front office failed you. I'm going two Fs here. I don't know if you can go any lower than that. I'm sure Packers fans are tired of hearing everybody just laugh or mock this draft, but I'm with you here, Mello. It was an F for me. I think this might be the only F I'm going to give out through all these weeks of grades. We'll see. But I look at it. I don't understand the strategy of it. I thought Jordan Love was a good developmental quarterback. That I'm okay with. I get it. He was your guy. But you're not this team that needs to hit the reset button. You're a team, one of a few teams, that need to put your foot on the gas and go and say, hey, we were really good last year. We had a disappointing end to our season in the playoffs, but we felt like we were really close to a Super Bowl. Let's retool. Let's add a couple impact guys. 
And I just don't think they did that here. They missed the opportunity to do that in round one. You look at round two, I like A.J. Dillon. I, I don't think he's the right fit for the Packers, though, in terms of something they needed. Aaron Jones is a phenomenal running back, whether they pay him or not. You didn't need to take a running back this early right now. When you look at DeGuara, I thought he was somebody that was going to go in the fifth, sixth, or seventh round of this draft. It felt like they took him a few rounds early, a full day early. I just don't know how much better they got. So when I look at Green Bay and then I look at the rest of this division and we're going to talk about it, it felt like the other teams did a much better job. And now you've created a really interesting scenario with Aaron Rodgers that I don't think he's going to take it out on Jordan Love, but I do think it'll cause friction between him and the head coach who seemed very happy to get a new quarterback, him in the front office. How are things going to look now, his final year, final two years with this franchise? And yeah, you have Devontae Adams. We like Alan Lazard. You nailed it, Mello. They didn't take one of these wide receivers in a historic wide receiver draft. So it's been a while since they've done right by Aaron Rodgers. And man, this was just not it at all. Yeah, I'll jump in and say I gave it an F as well. I think that's the the easy grade for Ooh, this. Three Fs and across the, the board. For, the thing for me is like you lost the NFC Championship game 37 to 20. And I feel like the Niners held back. They held something back knowing, okay, we're going to the Super Bowl. We don't want to show everything. We don't want the Chiefs to know all the tricks in the toolbox. They held back. What did you do in this draft that closes a 17-point gap with the Niners? It's not like you have someone coming back from injury where you go, all right, we get him back. Next year we got the Niners number. You did nothing. And your first-round pick, I like Jordan Love, and I even like the move. You have a 36-year-old quarterback. you got to think about the future. I didn't think you needed to trade up to get him. Who was jumping you to get Jordan Love at this point? And then to come back in round two. Are you like, is this, you want to be the Tennessee Titans? Matt LaFleur, your offense wasn't good there. And I understand you had Derrick Henry. He is a unicorn. That cannot be replicated. He's not a Clydesdale. You can't just go find another one. A.J. Dillon, I did not think had any business being drafted in the second round. I know he turned it on late in 2019. I think he is a plotter, man. I do not see the lateral quickness, the agility. That won't work in the NFL if you're watching this show in, in the Bleacher Report app. I did not understand any of the moves that this team made after what was such a great offseason, in, in the, the 2019 offseason. They go get the Smith brothers, the pass rushers, a developmental guy in Rashawn Gary who has a huge ceiling as an overall athlete. Loved what they did in 2019. This offseason comes around, it's like, did you all forget that you want to throw the ball in 2020? No one runs the ball. That's that's not how you win games. Well, I think they're trying to build that 49ers-type offense, but you're not going to do that with A.J. Dillon. I really don't. Speed. I like the player. I don't like the fit. I don't have a problem with A.J. Dillon. I think in a lot of offenses, he can come in and contribute. I just don't know, in, at least in 2020, I don't think the Packers' offense is that offense. Maybe in 2021, they are the Tennessee Titans and they go power. Well, let's talk about the team that will yeah. be nipping at their heels in this division, the Minnesota Vikings, who they give Kirk Cousins the big extension. They trade Stephon Diggs to the Buffalo Bills. That was the big move that they made. But what they did in the draft, guys, what did you think, uh, Mello, with your grade? I love what the Vikings did. I-, I think this is one of the best drafts we've seen in the way that they were able to work the board, too. I feel like they got the two players that they wanted to target in the first round, and they were able to move back down and get them. And I love Stephon Diggs. I thought that was an A-plus move by the Bills. But I think it's also an A-plus move by the Vikings. I like Justin Jefferson more than I like a veteran in Stephon Diggs. Now you get Jefferson on that four-year rookie contract. You're probably going to pick up his fifth deal. And I love what they were able to add late. Cam Dantzler, I know he ran the weird 40 and the pro day and everything, but the tape is good. 
watch the LSU tape. The tape is good. You yeah. can find what a player can do very well there. And then also adding a linebacker like Troy Dye. I really like what this defense did. Matt, you mentioned that the Green Bay Packers will have the Vikings nipping at their heels. I don't think so. I think the Vikings can run away with this division with the draft class that they've had in another year in this system of running the football and, and doing what they need to do. What's your grade, Mello? I'm going A-plus here for the Vikings. There we go. I'll hand out a couple of them. I don't know if it's grading on a curve or not, but I really love what the Vikings did. There's so many draft picks through here, not just the top two first-round guys. They really had a lot of good draft picks. There's no doubt about that. Rick Spielman did a phenomenal job, whether it was acquiring more picks, making the most of them, we looked at two players that they moved on from this offseason, guys, and Xavier Rhodes, who simply could not run anymore last year, and Stephon Diggs, where there was rumors circling around him for what felt like a year or two. And they go in the first round, and they get two guys that could step in right away at those positions. I thought Jeff Gladney was the second-best cornerback in this class. He's sticky. He's tough. He's nasty. I mean, just go back and watch him against Denzel Mims. That's one of the better prospect matchups from this draft class. And then you look at this guy right here and Justin Jefferson. He's going to come in and produce right away across from Adam Thielen with Kirk Cousins. I think Jefferson has great catch radius. He offers good catch-and-run ability. He was tough in the red zone. A lot of people are sitting there and saying, well, some of his production or a lot of his production came from the slot who cares he's going to produce from the slot at the next level as well and he's going to produce on the outside I thought the Vikings did such a good job by getting those guys in the first round and then you look at someone like Ezra Cleveland who I'm not even a believer in even if he doesn't hit they rebounded really nicely after that Cam Dantzler is going to be one of your corners on the outside as a starter eventually this gives you an opportunity to move Gladney around whether you want to play him in the slot or whether you want him outside now you have a lot of corners with versatility and Mel you bring up Troy die that's one of my favorite value picks of this entire draft he was a linebacker that went healthy good athleticism in the middle of the field can run and cover can stop the run a good leader Uh, the vikings just, just did so many good things across the board in this class and addressed so many areas of need with high value players sure it was a little lucky justin jefferson had no business falling into their lap sometimes it's good to be lucky guys this draft was an a yeah, 15 picks, a lot. Not just what they did in the first two, with the first two picks in round one, but that is where I want to start as well. I have to give them an A. No way do we think Justin Jefferson would fall here. This was a team that was maybe Brandon Ayuk, maybe Denzel Mims, maybe they reach for that fifth wide receiver off the board. Jalen Rieger going to the Eagles allows Jefferson to fall to a perfect landing spot for him. I think he's going to give them a lot of what Stephon Diggs, especially in that yards after catch department. But they got two tough physical corners and Jeff Gladney and Cameron Dantzler. I love the value there. And I know during the draft weekend when they took Ezra Cleveland, I said, I don't like this spot for him. I think he's around like 100. He's my 100th player on the board. I like the fit here because he's not going to be pressed into action. So I want to recant what I said Friday night of the draft because you have time to digest things. And what they did with Brian O'Neill, I think that's the framework for what you're going to do with Ezra Cleveland. Brian O'Neill is one of the best right tackles in football right now. He needed time to develop, and I believe that's what they'll do with Ezra Cleveland. They'll get Riley Reef off the field. Thank the Lord. Maybe move him and, back into guard where he actually belongs. But I'm giving them an A for the what they did to get better right away, but also the foresight with some developmental guys. And I'll say one more thing here, and you guys, I feel like, would agree with this compared to where we all had him. I think Kenny Willekes has a chance, if he could stay healthy, to be the best seventh-round pick in this draft. 
Yeah, absolutely. We are all big believers. Kenny, the athleticism, the work ethic is absolutely there. All right, don't forget, you'll leave your draft on draft questions right here in the Bleach Report app, right in that little comment section below me where my fingers are going. Just type your questions in there, and we will answer them at the end of the show. That's what I look like when I type. When you type, that is like Matt Bowen typing. I'm just breaking my keyboard. Today's show is sponsored by PlayStation, home of NCAA Football 2014. The last college football game the NCAA felt they could put out before people started asking questions. So dust off Denard Robinson on the cover and play NCAA Football 14, where you can play as a legally unpaid Jameis Winston and lead the Seminoles to the 2014 National Championship game, a matchup mellow most people remember as a duel between current free agent kickers Cody Parkey and Roberto Aguayo. NCAA 14, the graphics... They're okay. Thank you, PlayStation, for supporting Stick to Football. And by the way, uh, you can download updated rosters, and Mello will whip your tail with Justin Fields running the option for Ohio State. He's unbeatable at this game. But let's move on to a team who might be looking at Justin Fields in the 2021 NFL Draft. That's a transition, folks. The Chicago Bears. Connor, you're going to bat leadoff on this one. The Bears and Ryan Pace may be drafting for the jobs. Yeah, not a lot of picks here, guys, but when you get what I saw was two starters out of a draft where you don't have a lot of picks, that's a good job. This was a solid B for me, which is good on the Ryan Pace scale when you look at some of his drafts. Cole Komet, a guy that is one of the, the, he was the best in-line tight end in this class. Good red zone threat, guy that can catch a lot of passes up the seam. Jalen Johnson, got to make sure that shoulder comes back in full strength, but he was one of the best press corners in this draft. And even the guys after that, like Travis Gibson, Kendall Vildor, those are good developers developmental players because of their athleticism. I think when you look at somebody like Vildor, he's somebody super explosive, short area speed, can play in the slot. So for the Bears here, I thought they did a good job. It's always hard when you just don't have a lot of picks. You don't navigate the board a ton to recoup a ton of picks. But listen, they needed to add a few starters in this draft. So much of this can change with the health of Jalen Johnson because if you get a full season out of him as a rookie, he will be one of the better corners to come out of this draft. And that's something the Bears that could take the Bears defense over the top. It's simply a huge area of need. And listen, we don't know if I mean we do kind of know. It feels like it's Nick Foles' team. Cole Komet, we don't see a ton of rookie tight end production year after year, but he has a chance to break that mold. He can really be that middle of the field red zone go-to target. So if they can get impact of those two rookie players while developing the pass rusher in Gibson, a slot corner in Vildor, I think it's a decent draft. I think it's a decent draft. And I'm going to go with a C-plus here for the Bears. You look at Cole Komet, I think this could be the Travis Kelsey that Matt Nagy's looking for in this offense. We know they needed some targets to help out their quarterback. And I really like Komet. I like him in the second round, too. They didn't have to reach for him. The problem here is with the C-plus is they didn't have a whole lot of picks on day one or day two. They had the two second-round picks. The rest of it came on day three, round five, six, and seven. Not a lot of quality here. It's not really their fault. I like what they were able to do with the draft, but they didn't pick up a lot of impact players. I like the two guys that we mentioned in the second round. After that, I, I, I don't love it. So I'm going C+, not because they drafted bad, but they just they weren't in a good position to take any good players. So I actually think it is their fault because they trade all their picks oh, yeah. for bad. For, you know, Cleo Mack, obviously a good player. That's why you don't have your first rounder. But I, I do think they're drafting and coaching for their jobs this year. Uh, I gave it a C, and I really do like Cole Komet. Loved him. They have about 10 tight ends. That is not an exaggeration on their roster right now, though. Eventually, you're going to have to throw the ball on the outside. I did not think they prioritized the offensive line or 
early enough. I'm sorry, Arlington Hambright, offensive tackle from Colorado in the seventh round, ain't getting it done. And they need two starting left tackles. I know you can't fill, uh, not two starting left tackles, two starting tackles. I know you can't fill every need in one draft class, but they got a little bit cute in my opinion. I love Jalen Johnson. He is one of my favorite players in the draft. I had a round one grade on him. So as Connor was saying, if you get a healthy Jalen Johnson, that might be your home run. That might be good enough. But outside of that, they're going with this, okay, it's the day three. Normally that's where you take a swing on athletes on the edges, but you're not good enough to do that. You should have taken a swing on guys on the offensive line and maybe even at the linebacker position. So I hope that Ryan Pace gets things figured out. But when you miss on a quarterback after trading up for him, then trade for his replacement, and you also trade for Cleo Mack, you're just you're left with a bare cupboard and a bad quarterback. And you can't do that and win in the NFL. So I think the Bears are in a little bit of trouble. I wouldn't be surprised if they finished fourth in this division. We are going to get to our division picks, though, a little bit later. Let's talk about those Detroit Lions, a team that last year, Matt Stafford hurts his back. Matt Patricia is like running guys out of town. Quandre Diggs is gone. They trade Darius Slay in the offseason. The Lions are a team that felt like they were really in transition this offseason. Then they come out and have a pretty dang good draft. Connor, we have all been vocal about not being sure this is the right duo for Detroit. What do you think of this draft class? A really good draft, guys, and for me, a top-heavy draft. I think Jeff Akuda and DeAndre Swift will be stars to come out of this draft. I think Logan Stenberg, at that point of the draft, is a really nice scheme fit for Detroit. I'm not a believer that Julian Aquara can stay healthy. That's a big concern for me. But really what it comes down to, guys, is if this guy right here develops into a top-five corner in the NFL, and I think he will. I think Jeff Akuda is an absolute phenomenal player, great instincts, Really tough physical and coverage, good long speed down the field uh, combined with that size. So I think for the Lions here, you know, I thought they could have gotten more out of the draft, but we're going to walk away from this one day and say, hey, what did they get? And if you get two stars, that's an A minus for me. I think Swift is the running back this offense has craved for so long because he's not just the pass catcher. He's not just the runner. He's the do-it-all threat that it feels like the Lions they just never really have. on Johnson, he's not as ex- as explosive as a DeAndre Swift. So while I didn't really understand somebody like taking Okwara and Jonah Jackson as early as they did, I liked the rest of it a lot and thought this was a really strong draft that could save Matt Patricia's job. We'll see. Well, yeah, we will see. And I'd like their draft too. I think sticking with Akuda, there was a lot of talk of maybe they move off that number three pick and try to move down. I, I guess there were no callers. Uh, and that's fine. I think you get the best cornerback that I've seen in a really long time. And then there's a lot of reports coming out of Detroit that Patricia doesn't really care for a guy like on Johnson. So he goes out and gets this guy, the top running back on my board. I absolutely love DeAndre Swift. And I think that if Patricia does want to bring in some Patriots-style offense, DeAndre Swift can catch the ball out of the backfield. He does it very well. He's very shifty. I think that he can split time with Carrion Johnson early before he eventually takes over that job. I really like him. I like him at the top of the second round. And I like the value. I like that he's putting a stamp on this team and saying – we're going to run the ball. We're going to take two offensive linemen. We're going to run it down your throat. We're going to play tough football in the NFC North. I'm giving this this draft an A. I was very impressed with what they did. Yeah, I liked this draft as well. I think it's the best one we've seen Bob Quinn have since he took over that GM role, like Melo said, coming from New England. I give the Lions an A as well. And you guys highlighted Jeff Okuda, an incredibly special corner. DeAndre Swift was our collective number one running back in this draft. I really enjoyed what they did outside the first two rounds as well. I think Julian O'Quara has some really nice 
skills if he can stay healthy. Go look and see what he did to Austin Jackson from USC unless you're a Miami Dolphins fan. Then you're not going to want to watch that tape. But everyone else is because the length is there, the speed is there, and a frame that's still being filled out. I thought Jonah Jackson for Ohio State was very underrated. I think at times we looked at Wyatt Davis, who we're going to talk a lot about in 2021, but Jonah Jackson was holding his own as well. Logan Stenberg could play swing tackle. He could play inside guard. And something the trademark of both those two players, they're very physical run blocker. So I like that the Lions went back to this. And do not be surprised, by the way, if that fifth-round pick, Quintez Cephas, if he can play like he did at the end of the year, he's going to be a baller at the red zone. You already got Kenny Galladay, who's incredibly physical. Now you add in Quintez Cephas. I, I like that they're giving Matthew Stafford some weapons. Hopefully we see last year's pick in the first round, number eight overall, TJ Hawkinson, become a little bit more than he was. Tight ends have a tough transition, but I liked this draft. Like I said, I think it's the best one we've seen from them. I had to give the Detroit Lions an A, which I, I can't ima- imagine I've ever done that in my 10 years of Bleacher Report. Probably since but you drafted all those receivers. Since I took a, Oh, man. The Matt Millen jokes. I should have done today's show in overalls. It really would have brought it all together. Shaved to the mustache, done the overalls. It's an R, not an N. Miller, Millen. Now it is time to actually pick a division winner. Something we towed around a little bit with the other uh, breakdowns of these divisions, but we're actually putting our stamps on it this week. I will gladly go first so everyone can laugh. I'm picking the Minnesota Vikings. I know Kirk Cousins has been inconsistent. If we get uh, non-big game Kirk Cousins where we don't see the turnovers, I think this Vikings team is going to be very, very good. I love the defense. I think Mike Zimmer is the best coach in this division And I just got a feeling that Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers probably aren't getting along too well this season. Uh, We'll see how that goes. But I am taking the Vikings to win the NFC North in 2020. Yeah, I think so too. And even when we picked these in, I was a little unsure. Are we going with division winners versus draft winners? It's the Vikings either way. I, I don't care. I do think that they did enough with this draft to improve. They're going to be in the leader spot. And I know that people look at the Vikings. They look at that quarterback. But these guys win every year. I mean, they beat the Saints in the playoffs a couple times. This is a good football team. They just keep getting the job done. I think they definitely do next season. I'm with you guys all the way. Three across the board for the Vikings here. I think when you look at this, Kirk Cousins, he'll keep growing in that offense. I think another thing that's not talked about enough, and you know, this is no disrespect to Kevin Stefanski in any way, I actually think Gary Kubiak taking over the full yes. reins of the offense is even an upgrade, to be completely honest with you here. I think Dalvin Cook will absolutely shine once again. Justin Jefferson, they really won't miss a beat in their pass game at all. And I think when you look at the defense, Daniil Hunter is quietly one of the best young, still young, defenders in the entire NFL. And they got two really tough corners to play behind them now in this draft. So on top of Mike Hughes, being there. I look at Minnesota. They are locked and loaded. And I think if Green Bay had added a couple more impact players, this would have been a much more interesting conversation to me, especially after the season they just had. But when you look at some of the transition and how these teams have handled it, Minnesota is the one that's handled it the best. And I think they'll win the division because of that. All right, let's get to some draft on draft questions. First from our guy, Dan, 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 Dan. I know there's been a lot of talk about this being the year the Lions have to win to save Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia's jobs. Do you think they did enough during the offseason to do that? So we talked about that a little bit during the video. I do not personally think they've done enough to win that. I still think that this is a team that's probably going to finish last in this division because we'll see with the Bears what happens with Nick Foles, but I don't think they're ready to compete with the Packers or Vikings guys. So I think the Lions are a team that's probably looking for a new head coach in 2021. Let me just go ahead and put a name in there for you. Ford family, Eric Bieniemy. Go get him. Ooh, why you got to do that to me, Matt? <laughs> um, now you got me flustered. 
I don't think that they did enough in this offseason because I don't know if Matt Stafford's healthy. I think that we might see another season where he's either banged up again or he hasn't recovered fully from injury. I like the Lions and what they did, but I don't think it's going to be enough to save those jobs. I think we're still looking at a team that maybe wins six games. It's a very tough division, and I think they were kind of hinting or at least flirting with maybe getting rid of Patricia after this season. So, no, uh, sadly, if you're a Matt Patricia fan, I don't think he's done enough to save his job this year. I think you're going to be looking for hopefully a different uh, coach option than Matt throughout there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I'm surprised that they didn't move on after this year, to be completely honest here. But I think after, listen, it's just, I'm going to be real. It's not a very winnable division for the Detroit Lions. And you can old takes expose me if they go and win 12, 13 games, whatever it takes. But barring some kind of wild injury to Kirk Cousins or Aaron Rodgers here, the Packers right now just and the Vikings obviously just seem a lot better. And the Bears defense is so good. It's no guarantee that the Lions aren't looking at last place in this division. But the good news for the Lions fans, whoever they do hire, they are walking in with a better roster now that it includes Jeff Okuda and DeAndre Swift and hopefully an improved offensive line on top of that. But it's just very hard to, for me to picture long term that Matt Patricia is really the guy there. Wyatt Charter, back-to-back show questions. Wyatt, good job. If you had to bet on a day two pick being a pro bowler and running backs are excluded, gentlemen, so no DeAndre Swift, no Cam Akers, no J.K. Dobbins, who would it be? How about Antoine Winfield Jr., Tampa Bay Buccaneers, safety. I think he's probably going to play some slot corner as well. He's going to be the honey badger in that defense. Also working with Todd Bowles, who knows a thing or two about the honey badger. Had him in Arizona. Also knows a thing or two about safeties. Pretty good at that position. Honey badger's my guy. I think that's a really or good pick. Antoine Winfield. Because he's he's a ball hawk. I think he's going to find his way around the ball. And when you're looking at pro bowlers and rookies, that's what you're going to be looking at. Can he get those interceptions, those forced fumble recoveries? Winfield's the guy. That's kind of who I was targeting. Uh, I'm going to take Yeter Grossmatos, though, with the Carolina Panthers. I think he's going to be able to pin his ears back and get after the quarterback. I think that he can do enough in his rookie season. This guy I thought would go in the first round. He falls to the second round. I like the fit with the Panthers. I think he can be a guy uh, at least to watch for as a Pro Bowl. Maybe not a Pro Bowl starter. Maybe one of those injury replacement guys. But I think he can be a Pro Bowler. I'll go on the offensive side of the ball and look at Michael Pittman Jr. for the Colts. I think he's walking into a scenario where he's getting wide receiver two targets and he's just going to graduate to being their top wide receiver. Uh, Very similar to what happened with Michael Thomas going into New Orleans. I think Pittman's just in a situation where he will thrive right away, especially with Phillip Rivers, uh, you know, obviously forcing him the ball at times. But Pittman, great in the red zone, really tough in between the 20s. I feel pretty good about saying he has the best chance to be a pro bowler out of all the offensive players, even counting the running backs from the second round of this draft. All right, last draft on draft question. Thank you all for the questions today. We'll be back tomorrow, same time, 5 p.m. Eastern time. Get those questions ready. G. Martini, if you had to bet today, who would your pick be for the Heisman Trophy? That is a tough one because there are so many good returning players. I want to go last this time. Mello? Your pick. Uh, if you're letting me go first, I'm going to take your guy, Justin Fields. I uh, like Justin Fields. <laughs> I know you do, but uh, Twitter doesn't. Uh, I like Justin Fields a lot as well, and we're talking about college football. As a draft prospect, I think maybe he's getting a little bit more attention than people think he should. Uh, but I like what he does on the field at Ohio State. I think he's going to have another huge season in that offense where he can run the football, he can throw the football, and he's going to get a lot of wins 
on a blue blood program. That just it equates to winning the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, I called him a dark horse Heisman Trophy winner uh, contender last year, guys, when we were in Vegas. So I'm double downing on that with Fields, who came pretty damn close as a youngster. And I'll say this right now. He has a chance to be the best quarterback prospect in that class. I know there's Trevor Lawrence. I, I understand that. And Trevor Lawrence had his ups and downs last year, too. Physical talent. Lawrence might have more right now. But Fields is in that conversation to be a top three pick. There is no doubt in my mind. And he's playing in an offense, playing in the Big Ten, where he's going to put up absolutely ridiculous numbers once again. I love his mobility. I think he has a pretty good arm. I would bet on him to win the Heisman. That would make four straight transfer quarterbacks to win the Heisman Trophy if Justin Fields did it next year. I'm just going to go with the favorite, Trevor Lawrence. I also think his running back, Travis Etienne, has a pretty good shot to be up there as well. Uh, we'll see. The college football is going to be wild if and when it happens. Hopefully it does, um, but it will be fun. I think the battle between those two is going to be – Let me throw one more name out there, and I know this is a quarterback award. I think Najee Harris is going to see a lot of carries. Yes. Derrick Henry-type carries for that Alabama offense this year. I think that he could be a dark horse, a running back that we haven't seen win one probably since Derrick Henry. I think he's going to get a lot of touches. He could be a guy. Absolutely is going to get a lot of touches for sure. All right, that is our show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at Stick to Football. Make sure you follow us right here in the Bleacher Report app. Keep updated on everything happening in the world of college football, the NFL, and the NFL draft. For Melo and Connor, we'll see you all tomorrow right here, 5 p.m. Eastern time in the BR app.